Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Is work making you sick? Maybe not just cold and flu, but is your body position at work, or if you sit in a chair all day, or if you're typing at a computer, is it causing you to have physical symptoms in your body and you're not quite sure what to do about it? Or even if you are, what are some easy tips and techniques that can really help you so that your body feels good when you're at work, when you're at home, when you're doing your exercise, and all of the places therein? Well, today I am joined by a physiatrist, Dr. John Sheehan at Kaiser Permanente, and we're going to talk a little bit about what the body needs the most during the day and how to keep it functioning and feeling well, no matter how old you are or what job that you do. So thank you for joining me in the studio today. Hi, thanks for having me. Now, Let's talk a little bit about physiatry. That's a term that not a lot of folks are familiar with. It sounds like some other terms, but what is a physiatrist? Sure. I have to answer that question all the time. What is a physiatrist? And we are not psychiatrists. We're not podiatrists. And uh, a physiatrist is somebody who um, works in the diagnosis and treatment of different musculoskeletal disorders. That's what we primarily do. We see everything from uh, low back pain, neck pain, uh, elbow joint uh, disorders. And uh, what we try to do is we try to take a more comprehensive approach to the management of musculoskeletal disorders. So we work uh, closely with physical therapy and we use different types of strategies like injections and uh, things like that to help people to improve their pain and function. So I kind of describe to patients who ask the body in motion that's what you're going to try and help function, is if the body is having pain and motion or there is some altered activity that you can't do, that's where your particular specialty absolutely takes over and does far beyond what you, what a primary care provider like myself would know how to do. But also it's, it's not, you know, it is a form of orthopedics, but you're not getting a new shoulder because you're not at that point and hopefully never will be. So it's sort of the non- surgery-oriented way to fix your body using your body as your own tool to improve. Absolutely. We, we always uh, try to educate patients about the different types of problems that m- they might be having and also guide them to the uh, appropriate exercises and techniques, uh, teach them different body positions so that they can um, sort of re-engage with uh, life's practices and the things that they like to do. So, Because ultimately, that's what um, people want to do is they want to do things that they enjoy um, and, and get the most out of life. And feel good and not mm-hmm. be stuck in a position where because they haven't done certain activities, now they can't. You know, I really think the people that win at life are the ones that get to live to be, you know, 100 or however old they happen to be, and they feel great the whole time. That's really what everybody wants. So, you know, there is a study that came out recently that looked at the dangers of sitting at a desk for eight hours a day. And they said, that's almost as serious as having like diabetes or smoking. And and it was really this sudden realization that our physical activity or potentially lack thereof, depending on what your job is, really does have an impact on your body. And, you know, a lot of us, particularly as we get older, you you notice that if you sit for a long period of time, you get a little stiff and you kind of feel like your body's craving movement. Should we be moving all day long? Is that the only way to prevent that from happening? 
That's a really great question, Kathy. And so I think that one of the most insidious things about uh, the workplace and and what's happened with modern society is that we sit so much, and it seems like it's really comfortable. When we go to the store and we sit in the lazy boy, we think, oh, this is really great, and I feel wonderful. But did you catch wonderful. me in the store? I love those chairs. <laughs> and, and so, in fact, really the human body was meant to move. And we, when we look at um, historically how we used to you know, work the land and, and, um, and always use our body in the workplace in productive manners, um, and and the the modern uh, workplace, such as the office setting, you know, puts us into these fixed positions for prolonged periods of time and puts us into these uh, situations where we um, disuse and misuse our muscles. And, um, and it, the insidious thing about it is that it really creeps up on us very slowly. So we don't really notice that our wrists are starting to you know, bend in certain ways or that our hip flexors are getting really tight in our psoas. And, um, and ultimately, those, those little um, stiffnesses and tightnesses can then lead themselves to mu- muscle imbalances, and we experience pain. And again, I think by the time they come to see me, or maybe by the time they come to see you, something has happened. There is a level of pain or discomfort for which someone says something must be wrong. And because it started two weeks ago, the thought is, well, what happened two weeks ago? But in fact, what you're suggesting is maybe this is something that might have happened over the last couple of years. And maybe you tried to do an activity where your body just wasn't flexible enough to do that. And now all of a sudden you've started this whole entire issue where there's a muscle problem or a joint problem or a nerve problem. And it's not just going to get better in two weeks. And taking a bunch of ibuprofen is not going to cure it. <laughs> no doubt about it. In fact, there's an expression for it, the straw that breaks the camel's back. And when you really look at that, it's very true. It's not the straw. It's the thousands of loads that were carried beforehand that led to the the disuse, that led to the muscle imbalances, and therefore the pain that brought them to you and I. So let's talk about what are the common things you see. I know what I'll see in my office that I would send to you, but what do you see that that has a common theme that a lot of people might be doing, but also might have a pretty easy solution. Sure. <laughs> Most commonly what we see in our clinics are low back pain and neck pain. <clears throat> and if you look at um, you know, the positions that we set up in the workplace at our desks, um, a lot of people nowadays are spending lots of time at the computers. Um, I notice that Monday morning you come in, you turn that computer on, and automatically the head tilts a little bit forward, the shoulders come forward, and maybe a little bit of stress from, you know, the beginning of the work week sets in, and then we start to feel that little bit of stiffness through the neck and the shoulders and the low back. I'm feeling it just thinking about it, to be honest. It's Monday. No doubt. And, And so one of the things that we can just start to think about are just body positions, right? And, um, I've found that over the years that by engaging in some type of movement practice, maybe beginning with physical therapy, um, learning just um, better body positions to position our heads and our shoulders um, and our, um, our core, as we refer to it, um, tightening our glutes and our abdominals while we're in our seated positions. And also, uh, there's been a lot of research that showed that shifting positions throughout the workday, taking micro 
breaks throughout the workday, um, <clears throat> not only um, help with diminishing discomfort throughout the day, but it's actually been shown that um, that can help with productivity. Well, and getting up and doing a little stretch break, even if you can just go down and bend down and touch your toes, just engaging different muscles in a different way can certainly keep you feeling better, being more flexible, but also just not having all that stiffness set in. Is that something that folks should do, just get up and move? Yeah, so I think that if people create a pattern throughout the day of micro breaks, one suggestion is take a minute break every 20 minutes or a five-minute break every 45 minutes. That's a great way to just get into a practice of resetting yourself, taking your eyes away from the computer, um, realigning with your body positions. And um, that's been shown to have tremendous effects. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. John Sheehan. He is a physiatrist at Kaiser Permanente. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what I sometimes call the turtleneck of when you literally are trying to lean yourself forward, staring at a computer screen, and how there are some simple things you can do to help your whole body feel better by just even moving some of the equipment at your desk. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. I'm here in the studio with Dr. John Sheehan. He is a physiatrist at Kaiser Permanente. And right before the break, we were talking a little bit about taking those little micro breaks, those little stretch breaks, something that you can do, particularly if you're working at a desk at a computer. And, you know, I got to tell you, Dr. John, I've noticed that as I'm getting to that age where I really need to consider getting some glasses of some type that I find myself, if you stare at a computer screen or if you're looking at the computer at a paper, you're kind of leaning forward a little, like you said, your shoulders are getting a little tighter and you're noticing that you're trying to adjust your body to deal with this fixed desktop computer when in fact, maybe it's just in the wrong place. I mean, do you think people should take a closer look at their work environment and where they position certain things? Yeah, I think that's a huge factor, Kath. In fact, uh, one of the things that we uh, encourage people to do is to, first of all, have an eye exam. Uh, make sure oh, that just rub that in. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> have one scheduled. I know. All right. Uh, take a look at how our vision is functioning. Uh, then, of course, we want to really take a look at our individual workspaces. And if we uh, find ourselves putting our head forward and our shoulders forward and bringing our backs off the back of the chair in order to read what's on the computer screen, then that's an indication that, in fact, maybe we need to make some adjustments with either where we're positioning our bodies or where we're positioning our computer screens. That's really important. You know, uh, workplace ergonomics has been a thing for quite some time. And uh, when we look at the places that have been very successful, uh, some industries, some manufacturers, at adjusting ergonomics in the workplace, not only does it um, reduce, you know, lost work days, um, and, but it really uh, d diminishes the cost for all of these um, painful injuries that uh, people are incurring. 
Well, and I think the education, if you do something that isn't at a desk, whether you be in construction or some other type of physical job, also knowing how to do it correctly, you know, knowing how to use your legs as opposed to straining your back mm-hmm. and doing some of these things, but learning it right the first time mm-hmm. or learning that you need to modify your activities, particularly as you might have some problems as you get older, really important. And there's some great folks who can do these types of assessments that can help. Now, the other thing I see commonly is people getting symptoms like carpal tunnel, or even now, there's a lot of texting, a lot of people on their phone. I'm guilty. I mean, totally guilty. And so you're texting somebody and you don't realize your wrist is at a funny angle. Sometimes people might sleep with their wrist at a funny angle. Carpal tunnel is another thing that happens a lot, and it has to do with not just your wrist, but you also have to be careful with your neck as well. So some people may not realize there is a direct connection there. What's going on with the carpal tunnel, and how can we stop getting that? (laughs) That's a great question. So one of the things that we see oftentimes in uh, in the medical world is we look when somebody has wrist pain we focus right only on the wrist and we don't work up the kinetic chain and look at what's happening at the elbow and the shoulder and the neck as you were alluding to and so what we really want to do in a comprehensive approach is really look at our body positions our postures while we're doing these activities and all you have to do is you know look around when you're you know at at the supermarket or anywhere you go nowadays at the, at the airport and just watch people on their phones and they have um you know their head down in a forward flex position they're you know typing away with their thumbs faster than anything that we've ever seen before and so that lends itself to you know these repetitive stress injuries so uh one of the things that we can certainly do is start to you know set ourselves up for success right we want to make um our muscles strong enough and and ultimately learn better postures so that we don't put ourselves into compromised positions all the time so um having some type of therapeutic exercise program and if you don't have something like that and you already have some type of you know carpal tunnel problem or something like that meeting with an occupational therapist or a physical therapist to start to learn some very basic exercises so you can do some corrective measures, maybe do some ergonomic changes in the workplace, uh, start to wear some supportive wrist splints perhaps, uh, both in the workplace, perhaps at nighttime when you go to bed when oftentimes people feel that uh, numbness, tingling, and pain in the wrist and the fingers uh, from carpal tunnel syndrome. Um, and then use use those things, use the exercises that we learn in occupational therapy and physical therapy to then channel that into some other type of daily practice, whether that's a yoga practice, swimming, getting out into the ocean and enjoying something, um, and, and incorporating sort of a lifestyle of uh, wellness. And that could be really helpful. Well, and I think what you've, what you've gotten to is the idea that you can – You can wear wrist splints. I often tell people it's a great education because what you can't do when you wear those is probably what you're doing that's causing the problem. So if you can't text when you're wearing a wrist splint, that's because your texting has your wrist in a weird position. You know, if you notice that you wake up and you're sleeping funny, maybe you sleep with your wrist flexed and you don't realize it. So it's not just about trying to stop doing, well, it is about stop doing the activity the way you you used to, but it's also about learning how to consider that's a sign, that's sort of a signal, that something you're doing is not giving your body the movement that it craves. So you mentioned swimming, one of the best non-impact exercise activities, and we live on an island. Mm 
And there's a lot of places, even pools, where they will teach swimming. If you don't know how to swim, there's no reason why you can't learn at any age. That way you can really help to incorporate some of that stretching that you might get in water. And you're not going to have any balance issues because, you know, you're in water. You might just get wet. But it's a very safe kind of activity, particularly in a monitored environment in a pool. You can really stretch your body out and get, get yourself moving. Are there activities that people should, that they might do that could actually cause strain that could be giving them some troubles, maybe not on their wrists, but maybe in their low back? Is there some activity someone might do that could actually cause a problem when they think they're doing good? Absolutely. And so part of that is um, then learning proper technique, proper form when, when you're doing specific exercises or activities. So one of the things that um, we see in the workplace quite a bit in, with construction workers or people that work in manufacturing is repetitive lifting. And so low back pain is uh, almost as common as the common cold. And so with low back pain, biomechanics become very, very important. And oftentimes people might think they have a good idea of what proper lifting means and they think that bending at the knees and using their legs are are really helpful. However, uh, lifting biomechanics are a really um, complex network of movements that need to occur in perfect symphony (laughs) in order to reduce stresses around the hips and the low back. So really learning how to do things better is just like anything else. If I want to get better at playing piano, I'm going to learn from a piano teacher. You're going to have to practice. And you've got to practice it. So um, having, and there have been studies that show that having good core fitness, uh, good strength in the uh, back, uh, posterior chain, the glutes, the hamstrings, and the abdominal muscles have, sh- have been shown to reduce the risk of injury in those types of jobs. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. John Sheehan from Kaiser Permanente. He's a physiatrist, and I'd like to say a movement specialist. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the things that you might be able to incorporate in your daily practice that can help you to keep your body moving and feeling better all day long. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kosak, and I'm here joined with Dr. John Sheehan. He's a physiatrist at Kaiser Permanente, and we're talking about why the body craves movement and how even if you're in a job that might be a little too sedentary, you too can get up, move around, and do some activities that will really keep you feeling good throughout the day. You know, one of the things that I often see in some of the patients that I take care of as they get older is they lose a lot of flexibility. And I think when we lose that ability to stretch or move, it increases the risk for having problems like falls. And then if you have falls and you're older, you potentially could injure yourself, compression fractures of your back, fractures of your hip, other sorts of really significant injuries that can take you out of your usual level of activity. And in fact, some people don't walk the same again. So that's what we want to avoid. 
let's think about what are some things that someone could do even right now if you're sitting in a chair maybe you're driving home or you're just sitting in a regular chair how do you know that you're in the right position in that chair how can you self-censor if that's possible to know that you're sitting correctly that's a great question I think it's really challenging at times for individuals to find their own uh, right positioning. However, I think that there's a lot of different things that people can do to practice that. Uh, Number one is that most people, when they're driving home from work, I've noticed that over the years, um, some of the the car seat positions aren't optimal, kind of like the airline seats where the head... Yeah, they're so comfortable. (laughs) Said no one ever. Okay. (laughs) Where the shoulders are pushed forward, the head is pushed forward, the the chin is pushed forward out over the chest. And so it puts us in a little bit of a rounded position. So if you're sitting in your car for for example, and you want to do a little bit of practice, what you could do is just uh, gently pull your shoulders back and down against the back of your car seat and tuck your chin back a little bit and keep your head against your headrest. And that's a very simple practice that you could do. The other thing that people could do when they're driving the car occasionally is for the, for the foot that's not touching the gas or the brake. Yeah, don't do this. <laughs> With your left foot, unless you have a stick shift, then don't do this. Is, oc- okay. is occasionally push your other foot down into the ground because what happens is that when we're sitting in a car, um, we only have compression from the seat into the spine, and we're not ground-based. And so one of the great things about um, p- putting our feet onto the ground and contacting the ground intentionally, we can start to activate the muscles of the legs to reduce the stresses on the spine. And so that's been one of the great things about uh, being in the workplace. Um, One of the cool things that people are trending towards now are stand-up desks. And so by using a stand-up desk, you incorporate the lower extremities to then take off some of that uh, body position stress off the spine. Yeah, I've seen stand-up desks right here at Public Radio. And, you know, I always wonder, is it... hmm, I don't know if I would want to stand all day either. I mean, I guess optimally you'd be able to stand and sit, stand and sit. But what would what would be a reason why a stand-up desk could potentially be problematic? If you stand too long, if you have leg troubles, I mean, should should you try and alter it? And if so, how often should you make that switch? I think that the, the key is that when you have a stand-up desk, you're naturally going to shift positions. Mm. You're going to move a little bit more. You always have the opportunity to sit down if you need to. Uh, People might have some problems if they have significant hip arthritis or knee arthritis. However, even with those types of problems, you can offload by standing on one leg, putting one foot on a stool. So there's kind of neat ways and creative ways that you can do that. The other thing that people do, too, that's helpful is sometimes sit on a physio ball. And that's I was going to say, what about the ball chairs? Mm-hmm. How good are those? Oh, they're fantastic. So the ball chairs are great in that you can uh, sit down and start to activate those lower extremity muscles. You create a little bit of a balance effect. You activate your core musculature so that you're offloading the spine. Fantastic way to sit all day. So that's something that if you, you, know, if you do wind up having to sit take a look at your chair and maybe invest in something that might make it a little bit easier for you and better for your body. I think it's a great idea. What we always tell people is set yourself up for success. And in doing so, you might even find out that you're more productive at work because, you know, you happen to be feeling more comfortable. Now, if you're 
in a situation where you are not necessarily sitting at a desk all day, maybe you're getting up, you're getting around, you're doing some walking and activities, what sort of things can someone like that do at home to help keep themselves moving? I mean, if you, I find that if people sit all day, they need to do movement. If people move all day, they need to do some things to give their body some type of rest, but not necessarily being stationary. Is there some form of activity or exercise that is really good for people who move all day and then want to do something to help support their body in the evenings? Sure. I think that some uh, forms of exercise can be really restorative for people. And for some folks that are moving all day, whether it's construction workers, people that work in hotels, um, different service industries, people that work in restaurants, things like that, people that are really active, uh, one thing is is that when they're doing those things, usually they're not focusing on their bodies, which is one of the greatest benefits of doing some type of therapeutic exercise movement practice, whether that's in the form of yoga or Pilates or Tai Chi or swimming that we were talking about earlier, where people not only get the benefit of the physical activity and movement, but they also get the corollary benefits of uh, stress reduction, uh, improving sleep patterns, and all of the other uh, huge benefits of a regular exercise program. Yeah, there have been studies that have shown that Tai Chi can help people with balance. And as they get older, it's actually been shown to be protective for people against having falls. And again, I realize that not a lot of folks are as worried about the falls when they get older. They might be younger now. But boy, when you have one of those, it really can take you out of commission for a while and make you no longer as as flexible, as mobile. And hopefully you can get back to where you were. When we think about getting back to that previous level of activity, for those folks who say to me, I don't think physical therapy can help me, I've never seen someone come back from physical therapy and be worse. They may not get better because they might not be doing the right exercise or whatever it might be, or they might have too much pain to start off doing that. But what sort of things do you tell folks who are reluctant to do PT who might feel like they know it already or they're they're familiar with how to stretch? How do we get folks to realize that physical therapists know so much more about the body and can watch you do it in a way that can help you to to correct yourself. Sure. I think that uh, physical therapists are uh, usually get their PhDs now in their training. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so they have a wealth of knowledge, and uh, and I think that when people think of how they engage with physical therapy. They think, oh, if I injure my shoulder, there's a couple exercises that I can do. And, and once I learn those, that's it. And, and in, in reality, um, that is just the tip of the iceberg. And just like anything else, um, you know, whether I, I'm going to math class and I think that addition and subtraction is the end of my math career, you know, there's always more to learn. And okay, more- it's called calculus and it confused <laughs> me for years. And so in order to get to the calculus level with physical therapy, really we have to keep showing up, keep showing interest, and keep practicing when we're away from physical therapy so that when we come back to physical therapy, we we're ready to learn the next thing. And I've learned that best by watching my kids not practice piano. Mm. Yeah, you can't always make that, that analogy to musical instruments because you can't get better unless you put in the time to practice. And you also can't practice the bad habits. So getting a refresher course 
on the good habits never never is a problem. I mean, it's always a good idea. For those folks who do PT and they've completed their course, is that where some folks could maybe even move towards group classes or even personal trainer or someone to help propel them even further? No doubt about it. I think that uh, physical therapy is really the stepping stone to a healthy lifestyle. And from physical therapy, what people can really um, engage in is, you know, perhaps uh, engaging in some type of therapeutic exercise class at the YMCA, the different uh, gyms around town. And there are lots of different options available nowadays. And I have lots of patients that like to engage in the outdoors and, um, you know, finding some type of um, water practice or pool practice is a great idea. You make me want to go for a hike right now, I'll tell you. All right, I want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today on The Body Show. Dr. John Sheehan is from Kaiser Permanente, and he was able to share with us today some information on how to stay active, stay well, get moving, even if you're in a desk job. There are some things you can do to help yourself, and that'll help you for years to come. If you want to hear the show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow the links. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kozak. We'll see you again next week. Woo!